Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Munzenreiter, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Cagongo and Maddie Hazlett to talk about recent videos from the likes of Austin Gillette and Santa Cruz and more. But first, we got to do three decades of girl. Girl Skateboards held an opening this past weekend in L.A. to mark 30 years as a brand, and our Southern California correspondent, the aforementioned Patrick Cagongo, was there. A lot of listeners likely saw photos on social media of the event, just like me and maybe Maddie. I don't know. We didn't we didn't talk about it beforehand, so I don't know for sure. But Patrick, we saw the photos. What was it actually like to be there? What would we have missed just viewing it from Instagram? What was the vibe, etc.? The vibe was a beautifully curated space in the Arts District, which is right next to downtown LA, right over by the LA River. And it was awe-inspiring, to be honest. To walk in there, it was like a living CCS or a California Skate Express catalog. There were boards that I've been thinking about since I was a teenager. And I think that's something, it's a testament to the quality of the artwork that the Art Dump did back in the day, especially during Girls' initial peak from 93 to 2000. There were so many boards that I just... I used to go through the catalogs and circle all of them. There was the Sean Sheffy sketchy board. They had the Heritage series in which they have the girl logo with the flags of the background of the rider. So Sean Sheffy again uh, with the Irish flag because he's the man, the most hard body Irishman of all time. It was, it was, you almost get a little bit misty eyed because, you know, you're reliving parts of your youth, you're reliving parts of your skateboard career. And then there's also some deep stuff in there too. They obviously had the Vespa from Mouse. They had a pair of letters that were exchanged between the lawyer from World Industries and the lawyer from X-Large. X-Large is a clothing store in Los Feliz, or was a clo- is, it's a clothing store or a clothing company that had an office in Los Feliz. The Beastie Boys used to hang out there, and that was where girls' original offices were. And when Megan Baltimore quit World to go join up with Mike and Rick and Spike to start Girl... She initially, she lied to Rocco and them basically saying, like, oh, I'm going to go write children's books. And we've all quit jobs in a less than truthful way. And what ended up happening was that Rocco and them sued because apparently they accused Megan of taking the world distribution and contact list. So just seeing that back and forth, you know, under glass, seeing the master tapes for a whole bunch of things. But, you know, it also kind of left me with a really interesting question. Uh, and I'd like to open it up first to Maddie is... Maddie being a bit younger than us, are there any companies right now or from when you were coming up that you see lasting 30 years and being able to provide this kind of visual retrospective? And then for y'all, do you think that this was appropriate? Like, how do you feel about girl hitting 30 years and the nostalgia hitting as hard as it is right now? Yeah, I mean, like you said, a little bit younger than you guys, so I don't really have the same nostalgia for girl, for sure. I mean, I definitely saw their boards like in the shop growing up but I've never actually ridden one and kind of just didn't get into that wave I guess but when I saw the question Patrick about like what company of my like childhood to early adult that I thought would I would see lasting 30 years was kind of hard because I feel like a lot's changed in skating since girls kind of started I think there was like this like dynasty years of like girl and baker toy machine like all the big ones and they just kind of ruled everything and it was hard for a while for other brands to break it to break kind of into the scene but the couple that i thought of was like fa i feel like has 
the opportunity to go for 30 years. I don't know if I would say they're going to have the visual portfolio that someone like Girl would have. They put out a lot of similar graphics, although I think the earlier graphics for FA were much stronger when Dill was doing more of his like actual art. And I feel like now it's kind of maybe left that space. Another brand I thought of was actually Primitive, although maybe not my favorite brand. I think they, no one can like argue with the fact that they're huge beyond just like the core skate scene even. They, along with Girl, have hit that threshold of collabs. And I think that gives a brand a lot of financial stability. Um, unfortunately, sometimes because the graphics aren't as nice, but I think that Primitive has a deep fan base, uh, maybe not the people that I hang with, but I still see their boards out and they've been doing it. I think both FA and Primitive came out around the same time. I want to say FA was 2013 and Primitive was 2014. I don't know if you guys know off the top of your heads, but that's what I'm remembering. And the last one was Polar, surprisingly, I think. They've had a nice renaissance recently, but they're actually kind of an older, not older brand, but I think they came out in either 2010 or 2011. So they've been approaching almost halfway, I guess, now to the 30 years. And I think they have a really nice repertoire of graphics and riders who are really cool and are kind of keeping it into the like scene and listening and staying relevant. So, but at the same time, the board brand dynamic is really different now right when girl was in their heyday there was like 14 other competitors on the board wall and that's changed a lot to now being really regionalized and different areas will carry different boards and there's hundreds of boards brands now realistically so i don't know if anything will ever be on that caliber just because there's so much more but those were just a few brands that came to mind what do you guys think fa primitive polar any of those thinking they're going to even last for 30 more years or not 30 more, but 15 more years, maybe? I, I, I think the, yeah, it's an interesting question because I was thinking hard about it while you we were talking about it, Maddie. And it's like, for me, I was an insane girl skateboards fan for the longest time, or, you know, coming up and then probably through, yeah, let's say like, yeah, right, still pretty strong, even though I wasn't skating the boards. And then into the late 2000s, like, girl has a like a very specific place in in terms of like i think patrick you you touched on it like the material culture was big to them and their graphics were always i guess i could say elite in terms of like they are they had this art department the art dump that they wrecked you know it, it wasn't just like even that we have you know a such and such art guy you know uh Shoot, I can never remember the the world guys, but you know the world world skate world industries had their artists, and you knew who they were. Mark McKee, Sean Cliver. Thank you. Girl skateboards had the art dump, which, for all we knew at any given time, was like you know fifteen people or whatever. You know, the art was always such such at the forefront of what they were doing, and um, yeah, the material culture just is crazy in terms of the scooter the letters, et cetera. It's crazy to me that people would think to uh, keep all that. I guess where I'm trying to go to answer the question of like, who could have this same kind of art installation, art show, like I think, I think Polar has the graphics and kind of the look. And I, I actually like Primitive, I think a lot more than skaters in general, just in terms of as a brand, I see it as a successor to Girl in a lot of ways. 
in terms of like we're gonna have the most elite skaters in terms of like tech and progression but they haven't always done it in terms of anything graphical and it, it's really interesting maddie that you associate girl with collabs because my memory going back to like when i was a kid i i've basically like blocked out all the collabs i don't i don't care about the gosh who is that cat that very funny cat that they did you know the japanese hello, cat hello kitty yeah sorry i'm <laughs> blanking on the easiest things it's like hello kitty and girl is like no that's that's not girl what i'm thinking about i'm thinking about yeah that heritage flag series that patrick mentioned i'm thinking about like the basketball you know it's kind of impressionistic paintings of basketball players and tony ferguson had a really good one way back in the day like it, it's interesting to think of girl three decades of girl because anybody who's skateboarding now has like you know everybody who's skateboarding now has vastly different experiences of the brand and yeah beyond beyond polar i mean it's such a short run for polar it's it's hard to know who I, who i'd even want to see have a have an art show like this so i think it's also really important to give credit not just to Crail Tap for hoarding all of this stuff over the last three decades, but to Bob Shirt and Chrome Ball Incident, who were very, very involved, not only in filling in the gaps in some places and in other cases coming with the primary source material, but also those two accounts, those two have cultivated. I mean, really, I think they are they're the ones who really helped create this collector culture as it exists now. Chrome Ball Incident with the interviews. Bob shirt with the interviews plus the collection. And you're right. I think at the time, they were so far. I mean, there was, at the time, actually, no, I take this back. There were a lot of very, quote unquote, arty companies in the 1990s. And I mean that in the most loving and best way possible. Stereo had some incredible graphics during their original run when they were housed under Deluxe. Toy Machine, when it was pretty much just Ed Templeton doing everything. Wow. Just beyond wow. And... You know, to see all of those boards on the wall, to see them presented in that way was almost like a great sense of validation. And the photos from the party the night before, I am not yet elite tier in LA skateboarding. So I did not get invited to the <laughs> private party where all the big times, like shout out to Matt Price, shout out to Ben Peterson, all the, well, these are also folks who are actually in the industry for real, for real. Oh, congratulations, Matt, on starting a creative agency. And, you know, you could tell there was like a lot of love in the air. First of all, they had the original 10 there, the original eight pros, two ams. It just looked like it looked like it was really fun. And I saw somebody, somebody was speculating about whether or not Costin was going to rejoin Girl. For some reason, that just doesn't seem likely. I feel like he'd go do something else. Um, but anyway. Besides, April. Who? April. Oh, really? Is, is that happening? Uh, if you saw his... I'm quitting skate mental post like Shane O'Neill was in there with a very big uh, surprised eyes emojis. And yeah, I've heard it. I mean, it's going to be April or primitive. What was the whole point of doing numbers? Why didn't they just get on April or primitive in the first place? Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> besides the point, he's costing, he can do whatever he wants. He, he had his run as being the goat, you know, let him chill, but we would like to see at least something a little bit more serious from you. Anyway, I don't know. I guess like maybe like another question is like, you know, once again, Maddie, uh, I, 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 I'm really leaning on you because of you know your 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 very different experience and perspective here with Crail Tap with Girl Chocolate. Is nostalgia crushing skateboarding? Is it suffocating skateboarding at all, or is there enough room for new shit plus nostalgia for us old heads? No, I don't think it's suffocating. I think it's cool that 
skating is appealing to a larger demographic now. And I think that includes all aspects. I mean, I'm on here week after week harboring and talking about how it's important to have brands and folks in the industry fighting and pushing for queer and women skating and to have companies that are also catering to a different demographic, I think is just as rad. I kind of said this about Palace before. It's like, that's not for me. But when you guys were talking about how stoked you are on Palace, I was like, that's really cool. So I think it's fun for me to hear you guys talk about how much you love girl and how much it means to you because I can relate to it from a different capacity because I have things in my skate journey that I really like cling to. And just because it's not the same thing, it doesn't mean that it shouldn't exist. I do think that there is a lot of like nostalgia hype, but I also think that's just because skateboarding is maybe growing up a little bit. I think that we're seeing older folks going in their careers longer we're seeing companies from a while ago kind of doing well and i think that's just because maybe the target demographic of skaters is also maybe a little bit older than it's traditionally been and that's due to this nostalgia trip but i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing in any capacity i mean just from hearing you guys in the short conversation so far like you're both so excited about this that's really cool and yeah i think it's i think it's rad but i also think that Skating's big enough to have all these new companies like Limousine that are coming in and kind of showing new skateboarders or younger skateboarders a thing to cling on to. I think that's a company that we can kind of relate a little bit to Girl, even though it's so early. I really think that Limousine kind of has that same like cult following. People are super into them. And as long as they last and keep doing what they're doing, could have the same type of run, um, even though they're what, like three, four years old at this point. So I think it's cool to see, and I, I'm super into it. Yeah, I'm trying to compute if even Limousine is, yeah, three-plus years old. It's crazy how fast things move now. And I do wonder, you know, again, Patrick, you touched on, like, the hanging on to these things. And I, I have a feeling that, yeah, as you, as you were saying, like, people helped fill in the blanks for Girl, and it seems to be one of the brands that, kind of has the most awareness of like we're gonna help maintain this so where am i going with this you know i i I do wonder if you know who's who do we think is of new brands i'm trying to pivot off of patrick's initial question but like who do we think could be positioned to have this sort of retrospect of show in the future not like who could now like the polar or whomever but like do we think brands will be able to have this kind of impact and move it into the future, have this type of show, or is just the nature of skateboarding changing now? And like, we might not see another girl because another girl type company because skateboarding has changed and nobody can hold our attention for 30 years. Is that I mean, making sense? It does Go make ahead. sense. It does make a lot of sense. Um, and Maddie, you made an interesting point there talking about limousine because girl, and you see this when you walk into the exhibition, you see one of the original t-shirts that the team screened up when they decided that they were all going to leave their respective companies, World, Blind, 101, and Plan B, to form girl. And later would bring a whole bunch of homies from those, that same suite of companies over to form Chocolate as the sister brand. I think that Supreme could do a retrospective 
Um, yeah. They're about to hit their 30th anniversary. I believe it's next year. They have a deep enough history. They have a strong enough visual identity. I don't know what their archiving is like, but they certainly have enough to fill up a museum. But the thing is, it would be bedlam because it's supreme. And when they do anything, people lose their minds, whether it's a new drop, whether it's a subway, uh, you know, whether it's a subway ticket like they did for uh, a New York City subway. <laughs> so that's a possibility. I can see Palace doing something like this. I think a retrospective on stereo from their yeah. initial peak would have been amazing. Who else? Maybe Antihero? I, for some I, reason, I, could, I, I feel like that could work. Because Todd Francis has done several shows. I think he just recently had a show here in L.A. and maybe it was also up in San Francisco. It, it's funny. We, I don't know, like, talk, talk about anti-hero with people. And there's, you know, why, why did girl kind of age? Why did girl seem a little whack for a while? We've talked about it to no end on this podcast. And it's kind of like they try to change too much. They tried to adapt to the times. And that's also, in retrospect now, made Girl kind of interesting. But they were also, like, insanely strong at, like, when they started. Antihero has been so consistent. I wonder, you know, could you could you do a show where it's like, oh, Eagle Graphic, 1996. Eagle Graphic, 1999. Eagle Graphic, 2007. That would be amazing. It's, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it, it is kind of like, now. It, like, now it's become a bit, but it's like, their consistency has been their strength. I don't know. It, it, it makes me think that girl is unique in a way. I think Patrick, you jotted down that even though even I mean, shoot. And I agree with you. There were times when their graphics were kind of like, well, oh, this does nothing for me. But there was like such a there. There was like purpose behind it. And, you know, uh, an actual art department behind it where you're like, not for me. Not into this, but there's still like a graphic identity that's really strong. Yeah, and you know what? The idea of having an entire art gallery filled with anti-hero eagles would probably be the most hard body piece of conceptual art of all time. And Damn I would it. pay money to see that. That would be a great party. That would be a great hang. But I think the thing that happened with girls, the thing that happens to all sorts of brands, like some, I think they were probably, or maybe I think it was because of bloat right the perceived bloat you know pretty sweet and fully flared you know just thinking about Krail tap projects from around the pivot the pivot being the run-up to 2013-2014 when a lot of aspects of skateboarding culture changed right there was a paradigm shift in skateboarding and we're probably about to hit one soon and it's yep. exciting and scary at the same time but you know you look at you know, look at limousine limousine is part of that paradigm shift you know 917 Great question of what could have been, and we've talked about that quite a bit. 917 was a reaction to fully flared. And I'm, I'm getting the feeling that maybe, you know, we've had this kind of run where people are like, oh, I'm just going to throw together a little board brand. I'm going to get the feeling like we might start seeing, number one, we've talked about constriction and consolidation in the skateboard industry. But I, might, I get the feeling there's going to be some people who are going to come together and start doing some stuff that's far more deliberate and actually cool. And that's really how those two things are can be somewhat difficult to define. But I think that's that's what's about to happen. And I think a lot of folks who are trying to scale small brands, because it's one thing to, you know, get some boards out there, but it's really, really hard. The skateboard industry is up against record high inflation coupled with a global economy that has been through some things in the last three to five years. So 
at some point, you know, we've already started to see a bit of the come down. Now it's a question of what's going to happen next. But back to the idea of the presentation of oh. the history of growth. Anyway, I, I'll, I'll pause, but Mike, go ahead. I just wanted to say real quick, uh, I think you said 917 was a reaction to fully flared, but maybe pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Sorry. Um, but I mean, kind of one in just the same. A, but but just, you know, I yeah, I did five year, five year change. You, you are correct. You are correct. Yeah. Because yeah, because Alex left after pretty sweet and then fully flared kind of served as like a bookend of that era of bloat and excess lengthy videos and, you know, Three-year-long timelines, blah blah blah. Well, I'm I'm curious to know, like, Maddie, was did like I don't know, did Pretty Sweet register on your you know radar screen, or were you wanting things to change around then? It it does seem I don't know. I I, I talked to people of my forty-ish year age, and we're like, yeah, Pretty Sweet was like that burnt out that type of video, and we wanted something else. Yeah, just so I. I'm correct. Pretty Sweet's, what, 2011, 2012? 12, yep. Okay, cool, yeah. So, to be totally honest, I really wasn't, like, focusing on Girl at all, especially at that point. I feel like right. my, my, like, remembrance of Girl is, like, being a little kid going to Picrew and seeing the boards on the wall. I remember, actually, I have kind of a funny story about it. I remember putting it on a few years after it came out, and the girl I was dating at a time was like, what are you watching? And I was like, oh, this girl skate video. And she was like, oh, I'm going to watch it with you. And I was like, you don't skate. That's weird. And then after 10 minutes, she was like, when do the girls start skating? Yeah. And I was like, oh, haha. So she left and was like, this is lame. And that's like pretty much my only memory of it. I mean, didn't resonate, didn't do anything. I don't really have as the same kind of connection that you guys did with those videos. I obviously watched them, but they don't like sit in my head as like something like, oh, I remember when he did this trick. I've probably seen that video twice, like ever. So definitely not the same level for you guys in really seeing like a shift and kind of wanting something different. I feel like I didn't see my community represented in skating very often. So I really wasn't watching skate videos in the same capacity that I am now that that is happening a little bit more. So maybe just wasn't as hip as, as you guys were to what was happening at that point. No, I think, I think it's like really interesting and instructive that it, you know, skate media just wasn't showing reflecting, you know, your community. And so I totally understand why, why would I keep up with this? If it, if it doesn't reflect what I'm trying to see. Yeah, totally. I think like one, I was thinking about this as I was like thinking about girl and like, what it felt like in my skate um, life. And like the big thing that I kind of left with was I really try to have this respect and admiration for these older companies and these, these skaters that kind of came before. Cause these are like the people who've like paved the way and kind of like created what modern street skating is, but they also like never really respected my scene and where I was coming from. So it's like a hard thing of respecting where they're coming from, if that makes sense. It does. Um, Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got to ask the, uh, I don't know, it's a very basic question, but like, how many times did you, you know, look at girl skateboards and go, well, what the fuck? Where are the girls? Or like, why did you call it this in the first place? Like, yeah, I always thought that was kind of weird. I thought it was kind of like maybe a little belittling, to be honest. I don't know where the inspiration came from. I think it maybe had to do with like a stupid bathroom joke or something. That was always the vibe I got. Because it was the girls' bathroom logo. 
but yeah, it was just weird and not really, I don't know, to be completely honest, like as I was thinking about this, like all of Tap, and I'm probably gonna get slaughtered for this, but like it was corny. Like it was just not really anything that I was into. And I think it's cool that people found something cool in it and they were doing something for other folks, but yeah, not, not something that I really was, was down to, to get into. I mean, it's admirable that you, you, you are still willing to put some respect on their name because I know for a lot of folks, it's just like, fuck that old man shit. Cause it really was old man shit. And I think you're right. You, you, you've poked at something too. There is kind of like some Southern California cornball energy that emanates from Crail Tap. <laughs> Even it's, though it's so many ultra, of the writers are not from there, it's so '90s. I think is what I'm. I I've realized, or you know, so early '90s, so old, old skateboarding. It's very Gen X, unserious man energy. That's what it is. You know, like almost like a sort of detachment. And what's been interesting is that a lot of those guys are, you know, they're married, they have children. Uh, life has chilled out a lot. They're not beefing with people as much. You're not getting into fights. Many of them have gotten sober. So in, in that aspect, it's chilled out significantly. And what's really weird too is that, you know, somebody who I, I talked about at the very beginning of the conversation that I don't think has ever gotten much shine, and maybe she doesn't want it that much, is Megan Baltimore, who is one of the four principals of Girls. Her, Mike and Rick, and Spike Jones, And she knows where the bodies are buried. She would be the ultimate get on any skateboarding podcast because she was there, you know? She was there for everything. She saw a lot of shit go down. And, you know, there's an incredible amount of drama and some real tearjerker sad stories that have emanated from, that have come from the, 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 the Kraltamp crew. And she's been there for all of that. And the way that, a lot of people talk about her like she's like she, she she's the boss. And it's kind of strange that, you know, this is one of the most successful brands in skateboarding. And they've been through so much. And here's this woman who has been there from day one. And I don't know, like, I, I don't know, like maybe it, it's also part of it is like maybe she chooses not to be in the spotlight because she's like, hey, some, somebody's got to somebody has to somebody has to keep the lights on here and be serious. But, you know, I can't help but wonder you know, how many, how many women in skateboarding would love to hear from somebody like Megan, who's done it, who is a mogul in skateboarding, who's a big timer, who's a heavy hitter, you know, the sort of person when they walk into a skate shop, walk into distro, it's like, oh, what's up? You know, it's, they're beyond, she's beyond that. She's like, she's, she's beyond that. And I don't know. And maybe also for some people, just like, they feel like it's bad business to be out there telling all the stories and everything like that. But the thing is, there's, I think also like there, there there's a lot of, there would be a lot of good that could come from Megan sharing the stories. And Megan, consider this an open invitation to come on Mostly Skateboarding. We can clear questions and everything, but we want to be the first. So when when I think about all the stories that Megan Baltimore must know, like, I'm a reporter. I have the nature of a reporter. I'm like, I want to know all the shit. I'm nosy as hell. And yet, I'm like, oh, girl, skateboarders is still the best. And, you know... Gosh, I'm sure there's some bloody details that bum me out so much about. Well, I mean, even you go into the like Mark Johnson flame out saga with girl, or excuse me, with chocolate. I still have a hard time saying Crail Tap. I want to say Girl and Chocolate, but it really is Crail Tap now because they've got so many brands. But 
Yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, my nature is to be nosy. I want to know all the details. You know, we're in the mostly skateboarding chat and sharing all this stupid shit that we hear and think is delectable details. But, yeah, I, I still hold girl on this pedestal. Like, Maddie, do you do you have any, any, any companies that ever, like, were just like, oh, this is so great. I love it so much. I can never think bad of it or want to think bad of it. Or is this just, like, some remnant of... I don't know, my rarefied life as a 90s teenager. Hmm. No, not really. I mean, I don't think I have like the same attachment to skate brands growing up as maybe other folks do. I would just like skate whatever boards. And I don't know if it was, I rode 775 for years and would just go in the shop and be like, what four 775s? Because this is also the time when that size was like getting really phased out. Mm-hmm. Um, so there'd be like four boards they'd have, and I would either skate that or a shop deck. Literally, have like skate brands that I'm like loyal to in any real capacity. I think that's maybe starting now. I think there are cool brands that I'm like would be re- like don't want to same thing. Don't want to hear if there's any bad secrets because they're like perfect. Like I think there <laughs> is, is a really good example, and they're really new, but. In my brain, they're just like everything I've ever wanted out of a skate brand. I think they have all the kind of pieces we've talked about, right? They have really cool art. Like Jeff, who does most of the art there, is like so talented and like approaches it so interestingly. And it's funny. I feel like I've even seen other board brands. I won't I won't call them out, but like people are like biting their shit heavy. Like you're seeing people put out graphics that I'm like, did Jeff draw this? That's weird. And he didn't. And I think that's cool to see that a new brand like there is like making waves like that for other companies to be like, oh, this is like what people are into now. And they've also had other artists like um, Heather, Heather Benjamin. Um, she's out in New York. She's really sick. She did some RB graphics and they just had those recent, I don't remember, Re- Reggie, RGB, something like that. The new, the new ones that just came out at Unity Fest. They have like really cool art direction. They have really cool skaters. I feel like they're like have the coolest team right now. And they're kind of like doing, I think what girl did for you guys years ago is there is doing for a lot of folks now. And like, that's going to be the brand in 30 years in, in my eyes, that's going to be the untouchable. That's going to have the art shows. That's going to like, drastically changed the skate scene like girls no one can deny the impact that girl skateboarding had and all of Krail Tap had on skating right like they they changed so much they did so much and I think that although it's very early I would like to think that there has that they have the the distro through deluxe Patrick kind of touched on how it's really challenging for brands to get their footholding because of the you know decline in popularity and the world economic state but there has a, the biggest arguably the biggest distribution behind them so early so they have the support they have the reach and they have the folks to do it i think that to me would be what you're asking mike but i know i don't think it's ever existed but i think it's just because we come from two very different backgrounds and approaches to to the skate community yeah thank you patrick any like lasting impressions that going to the show left with you i think the big thing i walked away with was this feeling like skateboarding has been a really integral part of my life for such a long time and even in the years where i wasn't skating and i was playing music and doing other things that it was still you know it has still shaped my worldview it 
you know, just like going around and running errands today, just see, caught a brand new spot, got very, very excited about it. And that to me is like a very humbling thing because it's grown with me and I've grown up, but I still get to feel that excitement of, as a teenager. And really, I think the thing that I really walked away was like a, a great sense of privilege that this was, you know, a 15 minute drive away from where I live and that I could, got to go see this stuff. And that, you know, skateboarding is, skateboarding really helped me develop an interest in visual art and the artwork of crews like the Art Dump, Mark McKee, Sean Cliver, some of the folks up at Deluxe uh, back in the day, and even now, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know, like, I, I feel, you know, it, it's, you know, you almost get a little bit misty-eyed thinking about it. Like, who knew? Like, these are, these are just skateboards. Like, these, these are the disposables, like that book, the, the book of, of the history of the art of skateboarding. This stuff is disposable. These boards get destroyed. And the fact that these are all preserved and just, like, looking, the, looking at these boards getting such a rush of emotion and also remembering how tiny some of these boards were there was definitely like a lot of like 743s 738s on the wall just like what were we thinking <laughs> those, but, those were great shapes for my 360 flips man oh they that's, were because that's the like, easiest way because girl also had like the really flat shapes too like the really like almost zero concave but yeah it, i think that's what it is i think that was the, the the big takeaway is that it was a combination of album covers but really also skateboarding that really helped me develop an interest in art. And I think for a lot of other people, a lot of other skaters, that they developed an interest in art. And especially at a time now where, you know, we were among, probably amongst the last generation to enjoy really quality arts education in public schools. You look at a lot of, you know, school, a lot of schools now have cut, you know, arts, language, you know, we could have a whole other conversation about that. And so you feel like people's vocabulary and ability to describe and enjoy the world around them is really diminished by them not being able to enjoy and learn about art in a wide variety of ways. You know, people just consume shit, but they're not actually getting to admire it. And that was the thing I got to admire these graphics. I just walked back and forth and back and forth and look at the attention to detail and the colors. And it was, it was like, it was beautiful. Like this, it was everything was supposed to be. It really, really was. I think it's running until October the 21st. Um, I imagine that this show is going to travel. I hope it does. Oh, that would be amazing. It was, it was, it was just beautiful. And yeah, I just, I feel humbled and I feel grateful. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Ben Peterson, a, uh, current art dump member. A, uh, I, I can't say if he's a Minneapolitan, Minneapolis resident. I know he lived there. I, I don't know if he's from, from the city itself. I'm, I'm now being a locals only type guy, but I just skated with him two weeks ago. Yeah. He's out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you're you're in thick with all the Minneapolis guys. Yeah, and they're, they're the best. They're the best. Saint Twins, Paul. Shout out to Twin Cities. I need like I need that. I need Everybody that. Uh, I need that honorary citizenship when I pull up. Well, you got to roll through, Patrick. I know. I know. In the winter, though, it's 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 a different it's a different type of scene. Let's hit that yeah, indoor. Let's hit that indoor. All right. I know some people who know some people. I think we're good on girl especially looking at the at the time so i'm gonna say we had a jordan trahan inward heel flip eric winkowski he did some ho-hos and austin gillette well that guy is still damn good at skateboarding isn't he guys and just after i wrote that bit which was on wednesday limousine put out a nice new little edit hey maddie it was a decent week for skateboard videos uh did any of those hit hardest for you or what were you liking yeah 
I think this will come at no surprise to anyone, but I was super stoked on the limo video. I feel like I've never said a bad thing about limo. Maybe limo is also secretly the brand that can do no wrong besides there for me. But yeah, we got Nelly footage. I mean, it was like two clips, but can never be mad at Nelly footage. Um, that backside flip on that little like wavy spot, which from my understanding is a huge bust. So any clip you get there is cool. Um, that was sick. The Kareem footage is always really good. I think he's like definitely one of their standout guys right now. He's sick as style. That board slide, like pop up, I guess either I don't know, feeble or 5 0 or whatever, a little pop up grind. That was really, really cool. The ride on 50 backside flip into the brick bank spot was really sick. I just always get stoked. He's got such a cool roll up that, like, no matter what he does, I feel like, oh, like, I'm going to be hyped on whatever this because he looks so sick when he when he just skates in general. But yeah, the rest of the stuff was was sick too. Jordan's part was really good. I think it just made me more excited for what's to come because this felt like maybe just like extra footage he had. But if his extra footage is this good, then um, it's going to be really sick. The Santa Cruz video was like fine. The Winkowski footage was cool. I really liked the 5-0 fakie transfer to like drop on that sculpture thing. I don't know if I'm describing that well, but if you've watched the part, I feel like you know what I'm talking about. And obviously that signpost tail drop toward the beginning was like just crazy. But the rest of the video was kind of weird. Like the, I don't know how you guys felt about the completely silent team section where there was just no music and it was just like raw footage. That was kind of strange. And then uh, the guy's, the, what's the real chomper's name? Rob, Rob Pace. <laughs> He's a, real he's a real chomper like he's cool he rips but not not totally my my jam the crook to board slide was was super sick um it's fun to see like i feel like a lot of like grind combos are really like in trend right now and it's fun to see the real chompers be like oh i can do that too but mine's just gonna be on two giant handrails instead of like two little curbs in new york so that was cool yeah what about you guys anything stand out out of those videos mike patrick what do you guys think I think we are going to miss Austin Gillette when he eventually hangs him up, hangs it up. He he's ridiculously good. And what's frustrating is that God bless him for getting a creative director position at Globe and actually being allowed to do some things with the company and actually provide them with some guidance. But good lord, some of those shoes are hideous. Just ugly. And it's frustrating too because he's an amazing skater. He's always been an amazing skater. And I think he's like I think he slept on. I think I think maybe unfortunately like he's a little you know he's often um, people often will say like oh just like that's just you know Dylan clone Dylan homie I, and I, if I recall that they were they were good friends and also I think just the fact that I think there was some opportunities for him to get on certain companies and people said no and it was kind of frustrating and there was like a real question mark about what he was going to do next so it seems like he's landed on his feet. But I love the fact that he's getting to spiritualize, like the use of the Aldous uh, Huxley quotes at the beginning and the end of his part. Um, favorite joint I had in there was the the line at Milan Central. Oh, beautiful! Like he's skating fast, and that's all beautiful. That's marble, right? Um, I'm trying to think of exactly what spot you're talking about, but uh, he's skating Stallion? fast. Yeah, it's uh, it's in Stallion a whole bunch. Like it's like the whole the whole uh, Strobeck edit Stallion is. Um, at Milan Central, uh, Central oh, Rail yeah, Station. Oh, yeah, 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 the rail station. Mm -hmm. Still uh, not thinking of exactly what he did. I don't know. I'm just thinking about, like, the like frontside 180 over to switch backside 50-50, 180 out, backside 180 out. Like, I don't know. I'm thinking of, uh, it was, like, Ollie up, uh, 
long ways up the stairs, pushes super fast, and then frontside flips the gap. There's two guys, two older uh, men. Yeah, and they, they like, tur- turn around and look at them. Death glare. <laughs> like, death glare. Um, and then, oh, yo, switch tray bomb um, at that hill in downtown LA. That, that street is super steep, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's where Heath Kirch. I mean, Heath Kirchhardt is beatified for kick-flipping that thing. And he's switched to the 60-flipped it, like, pretty well. Yeah, Austin Gillette is in the bizarre position in skateboarding of, like, he's elite good. I would throw back to the previous conversation, say he's, like, I don't know, if it were 19... (laughs) 19, 19-2000, around that zone, you know, like, just turn of the century, like, Austin Gillette would be a guy who's of the girl skateboards caliber because he's elite in terms of being better than everybody. And yet, uh, yeah, there's been like the, the, I don't know, you know, curves and turns of his skateboard professional career where it's like, all right, we're still on Habitat and then we're, you know, doing, doing the globe stuff where, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember correct or not if I've heard rumors that he's hard to work with or if it's just like, the impression you get, which is again not to take anything away from like how good he is at skateboarding. What is the impression, and what is it hard to work with? Because hard to work with often means it's like when people go, "Oh, that person, she's being a diva." It's like, "Oh, she stands up for herself. She's not going to be taken advantage of in her uh, career." Very similar yeah, to I, Austin. <laughs> like I get the feeling like he he's a bit more thoughtful and maybe a lot pickier than some skateboarders. You could just tell by his general eye. Also, I think he had talked about this in an interview some time back that he had double knee surgery, which took him out for a significant uh. period of time. And I think that's probably a root cause. But he's he's doing things. Like, he's putting out quality footage. He's skating well. And, yeah, guess what? I don't like the shoes, but there's plenty of people who are buying them, I imagine. And so that's the thing that matters. Thinking about a couple of the other joints, um, I, I noticed something very interesting in a uh, little Trahan edit. Uh, where he does the pole jam on the fence that all of the, uh, the, the, the spikes on the fence are all the, the fleur de lis, which is the, um, the official symbol of the Acadians, uh, who are uh, French-speaking peoples in Canada and also in Louisiana. And I thought that was like, that was like a nice little detail. That was a fun part. Uh, have either of y'all been to New Orleans and or skated there? I want to go there. Have not. Slow impact. <laughs> Yeah, right. I've I've been to New Orleans for work, but besides just skating that one covered flat spot to like keep my legs warm, I haven't really had a chance to go out and check it out. And that's one thing about Jordan's part that I really like thought was sick was like we don't see New Orleans footage that much unless you're like really hip and you're watching what's the shop there, humidity. Yep. You're watching like those guys like local homie edits. Like people don't really I don't think it's like a skate destination in the capacity that maybe some other cities are. So it was really cool to like, it should be for sure. And I think that that's changing. I feel like before it was like, you go to New York, you go to California, but now Texas is blowing up and a lot of the Midwestern states are kind of getting bigger for the, like Detroit's getting really big and maybe New Orleans is going to be the next one. Maybe after this part, that's totally possible. But I had a really good time seeing spots that I'd never seen before and making it look like it's easy to skate there. But in reality, it's, it's like Philly. It's like you watch the guys who skate Philly and you're just like, oh, I got that trick at that spot easy. And then you go there and you're like, I don't want to skate this. This is terrible. <laughs> and I feel like that's what all the spots are that he skated. He made them look so easy. 
that it was just like whatever but in reality you know you get there and it's so much gnarlier so much crustier than you could even imagine and I feel like that's really cool and kind of elevated that part quite a bit yeah also the heat because those summers are no joke summers no on, the, joke. on the gulf my goodness that type of humidity no pun intended also by the way pepper grip tape is just the best grip tape and I rock with it heavy do either have you either y'all tried pepper no, I shook, I shook my head because I'm good at podcasting. <laughs> Yo, I I have heard that as well. I have been a mob rider die for my whole life, like sworn by it. Like I want, I want grip thumb when my board is like a month old. Like I, I want it just to be like sandpaper. And people have said that pepper is like a little bit less than mob, but more than Jessup, and it's really, really good. And I just haven't gotten around to to trying it i feel like i don't care about skate gear nearly as much as a lot of folks like i can kind of ride whatever except for mop grip tape and it, i'm having a hard time getting over that but you're now patrick probably the 10th person that's told me that's really good so you got to get in on that mop grip tape. It. yeah <laughs> wait 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 mike mike what would you say is your um what, what what's what's the one piece of hardware that you will not bend like you will not you will not deviate from me just like nope I, I ha it has to be a certain way on your when you set up a board. Uh, it's it is mo uh, well not mob grip tape. It's Jessup grip tape. I was so yeah. I can't deviate from riding Jessup. I was recently driving down like the street from our neighborhood that gets us to the highway with my wife, and for some reason, godforsaken reason, we were talking about. I brought it up my grip tape preferences and it's just that like i only want to skate jessup because i worked in shops and at a park an indoor park for so long where we like i re-gripped boards i gripped boards i pulled grip tape off boards i just have the opinion that you know jessup is the most workable brand of grip but then also i just like that it's not gonna you know take my thumb off i, d I don't need that i don't need that trouble after a month maddie i i just want like you know normal grip relations and um new brands are just like trouble why would i do that i'll just say yeah i feel like there's those couple things like new board brands are easy to get behind because at the end of the day it's like oh this is the same wood shop like it's not that different but i feel like grip tape is hard and also trucks and i think it's interesting because i was the same way i rode ventures like maybe thunder sometimes forever and I've recently started writing Ace and I'm like, wow, these are really good. Like maybe I should try change. And I think it's funny because from my understanding, Pepper and Ace are, are very closely connected. I think they might even be the same company. And it's interesting that this new place is kind of coming in and iterating on things that normally wouldn't be iterated on. It's like you either ride Indies or you ride Ventures. It's either you skate Mob or you skate Jessup, right? And now there's this new third weird cousin who's kind of come to the mix and it's funny that it's both ace and pepper who i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure are, are very closely related if, if not owned by the same folks i tried indies for a while like way back in the day this was probably like for a um by like the last year i was i was skating before i went on an extended break and when i got back into it when i moved to la nine years ago jumped on ventures tried thunders a couple times but I, it's venture all the way. Although I always swap out the bushings. That's actually something I always have to do. I had I bought a bunch of a bulk set of Dodo's extra soft bushings. There was a while I was trying like the, the hardest Powell bushings. I've just been trying to experiment a whole bunch there. But like ventures are, are awesome. And 
otherwise, I yeah, I'd say pretty like yeah, I, that would grip tape with its pepper. But anyway, like back to to videos. We talked about limousine a little bit when we were talking about girl. But yo, Kareem Calendar and Max Palmer, yo, just I think those two should they they should be a limousine should put out a little edit of just those two. I feel like that could be that could be quite the combination. But I also get the feeling sometimes like limousine is slept on. What do y'all think? I feel like they they should be getting more props. They are consistent and they're New York cool. They're not just posted up and hanging out. Like they are the opposite of what 917 is. They are industrious. They have pretty cool graphics. Okay, yeah, they might not get the same fashion or style points, but they're out there doing things. And I don't know. I, I feel like they should be getting more love. But also maybe like I'm in a slightly warped point of view because I don't I have uh, shout out to homie Jordan. I only I think he's the only one I know who, who skates limousine boards out here. Yeah, I mean I think that Limousine is probably the coolest skate brand right now. And I don't think that they are slept on Patrick, maybe in the capacity that you're seeing, because I see the boards all the time. I, it's all like, not all, but most kids are riding Limousine boards, even to the point where I feel like they're like emulating the folks who ride for them. Like this like weird eyewear, like real max 4D camo hats. And, like, I'm kind of, like, dressing in a capacity that's, like, silly but fun and cool in the same way that the limousine guys do. I feel like I see that all the time. And I think they're making huge impacts. And you're right, Patrick. They're, like, productive and consistent. And I think that, to me, is one of the coolest parts of them is they always have footage coming out. They're always including the majority of their team in every edit. They seem like they probably skate together a decent amount because they're able to put so much footage. I think almost every drop they've put out at least some type of edit um, or close to it. And I think that kind of helps them a lot with their cred. Like they're building up a lot of folks names and making their team really strong. And I don't know, I think they're really cool. I think their art direction is really cool. I think that they are what is in, in skating right now. And they're kind of leading what is trendy. They're like, realistically changing skating which is really cool a lot of things that you wouldn't see in videos a lot of like combo tricks a lot of manny to grinds grinds to grinds things like that is really what people are into and super loose trucks i don't know i think they're cool i think they're crushing it and i thought this edit was really sick and it was fun to kind of contrast with this week we talked about like limo which is like super super new and also santa cruz which i think just celebrated what their 50th anniversary this year what last year some something recent yeah. i want to say it was 50 yeah so it yeah. was cool to see like re-watching both those videos kind of back to back like wow these are really different sections of skating and i think maybe just hitting different folks and maybe patrick that's why you haven't seen it i don't know maybe it's not as big on the west coast either because it's definitely huge on the east coast for sure yeah one thing to highlight and yeah, it just came to me, like, Santa Cruz, 50th anniversary, and we have a video in 2023, I believe the uh, title is called Fuck em. Good it's God, with, that's whack. With asterisks, because heaven forbid we, we put the app for it on the internet. Yeah, that was crazy. I it's was, just like, I was like, why are we doing this, guys? <laughs> it, it, and, you know, it's like, they have cool stuff happening over there, and they um, memorialize Henry, Henry Gartland, uh, the late ripper henry gartland who is from minnesota the twin cities like 
they do a great job of memorializing, you know, a uh, uh, team writer who died. Shit, I can't, I can't, you know, within the last three years. But God, just naming a video, fuck them. That's ah, oh, it's so whack. <laughs> it's so whack. <laughs> it is. It's ju- It's like it's unnecessarily juvenile. Well, but, and if if, the, if you got a company that's fifty year old, fifty years old, I don't know. Maybe just the the place, Santa Cruz, California, is a different different game. But yeah, they they they, they want maybe they want to be edgy or something like that. But you know that that being said, um, it, it feels like this year and last year it's just been like an embarrassment of riches with with all of these videos. And you know, something I've been thinking about is what what do you think is the best way. To get a recap, as like, because we're in Sodi season, like we're, we're we're about to see somebody, somebody's about to be going for the rusty. So the thing I'm thinking about is like, is there a way to like somebody should do a marathon, right? Like a four year consideration marathon where you just like post up and like, hey, I put together a YouTube playlist. Get a bunch of your homies together, order some pizza, order some takeout, whatever you like to do. Get the drinks you like to drink, have fun, and be like, yo, have a party. I feel like that would be a cool thing. Maybe maybe we should make that a challenge, like the mostly challenge. I don't know, something like that. I don't know, like hang out with your buds, blah, 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 something like that. But I feel like that would be a way to be like, hey, it's late October. It's early November. There's a whole bunch of videos that came out this year. Here's a playlist that we've put together of a whole bunch of stuff that came out this year. Get a bunch of friends together. Enjoy. And figure out who is actually the skater of the year. Exactly. Yeah. On mar- like, uh, some marathon shit, like post up heavy. Be like, come through at five. Don't leave till 11. You know, you can take breaks, like just like have music going, but you know. Cig breaks, if anybody, you know, still smokes cigarettes. Oh no, c- cigarettes are back. The, pa- the pandemic, ah, the pandemic plus Gen Z, like they're, they're about it, about it. They do not care. There was a great quote in the New York Times earlier, I think actually it was last year, a good friend of mine did the photos for it. And it was about Gen Z's and younger millennials who've gotten into smoking cigarettes. And there's this one young lady in the interview and she said, look, I don't do yoga. I don't fuck with grain bowls. I just like to come out here, puff a Newport and keep it moving. I'm paraphrasing, but that was her vibe. And I was like, see, this is what happens when you didn't grow up with uh, grandparents who, you know, developed long-term illnesses, you know, thanks to smoking. Because <laughs> like, they're kind of like a gap, you know, like they didn't grow up seeing as many people a, smoke. Yeah, they didn't grow up seeing as many people smoking and be mm. people dying of smoking-related illnesses. So there's no negative connotation for that. Whereas those of us who are even a little bit older, I'm sure, Maddie, you saw this too, just like, you're just like, ah, I don't want those problems. <laughs> You ever regularly, excuse me, regularly smoke cigarettes, Maddie? Yeah, I I quit. Damn. Okay. Three, four years ago, but I smoked for years. Yeah. Spirits like, or what? At the end. Um. Yeah. Actually. Because <laughs> yeah, same deal. I'm like yeah. a decade off the blue spirits, but. That's funny. Um, Patrick. No. I, I, I was always Let's way go. too cheap. Also, like all my friends, <laughs> okay. all my skate buddies started smoking, what, junior high school? So, like, when we were like 12, 12 13. So, yeah. All right. I, I, yeah, mean, I, was, I was the same thing. It was like you just like hung around with that. I started in high school too. But it's bad for you. So, I, I wish that kids wouldn't. But it's all the, we're digressing heavy, but it's all the like <laughs> the vapes and stuff. I feel like is what's killing all the younger folks now is it's too easy and. They all just get really addicted to nicotine and it sucks. Yeah, the vape stuff is like really insane because like there's zero, uh, I I don't know, barrier to using that in weird places that you could never have a prior to smoking blue American spirits. Like you could never do a camel filter 
in high school Real quick in the in the hallway in the right? hallway or in the middle <laughs> of math class of just like post it up <laughs> there was none of that i was like mike what are you doing it's just like just like i'm just feeling nervous during this test let me just get like a couple of pulls uh, off this jack let me let me smoke this camel wide filter i feel bad for these kids too because they didn't grow up with uh, all like the the marlboro and joe camel merchandise because that shit was hard Joe ben- Camel is one of the illest dudes I've ever met. <laughs> yo, even crazier was like, yo, I remember one time I was digging through hats on eBay, just like going through, and I found like a Benson and Hedges hat. And I was just like, it looked so regal. It was I think you shared that in the group chat. Yeah. Way it was, back when. I was like, yeah. it, I was like, if I was a sort of person who would wear cigarette branded clothing, I would rock it. But I'm not. But it was like this shit looked amazing. It, it like I, I wonder what those uh, what those graphics teams are up to now. <laughs> they're, all, they're they're all on their pensions or dead. <laughs> Just chilling. Uh, it's like they paid them in Marlboros. Exactly. Hey, hey, Maddie, can you you know either uh, guide us back to skate related conversations or tell us what you're stoked on for this week? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we covered pretty good for the for the video wrap up. Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Talk about well, what we're stoked on. I, I think I, I should we give Rob Pace his props because there's like oh, for sure that guy is crazy. There's a particular strain of like David Gravett. Um, he also had some like Kansas City style. I don't know. He's from the he's from the Seattle zone, as far as I can tell. But Rob Pace did a lot of good rail tricks. And he's extremely gnarly. Yeah, I mean, a little bit on him. Yeah, he, even the like. He did that frontside flip into the roof banks and then like yeah. switch dropped off the roof. Like the switch drop was probably gnarlier than the frontside flip. And yeah, I felt like I was transported back like to being a kid and watching an old skate video because I feel like he's from that era almost. And it's weird. I think it's almost this like cyc- cyclical thing that's happening of just like, okay, I'm bored. I don't want to watch people do feeble grinds down. 20 steer handrails anymore so let's do this other thing but now we've been so inundated with like tech low impact new kind of combo tricks that it was like weirdly refreshing to just like see a guy who's just like i'm gonna go smooth brain and i'm gonna do some like <laughs> fucked up shit <laughs> and like that's kind of cool now i'm like i almost was thinking as i was watching it i was like is this what skating's gonna be in like 10 years because we're all gonna get so burnt out on what's happening now it's just gonna go back to dudes like full sending, hucking off of stuff. And I was like, maybe this guy is just way ahead of his time instead of being like way. Because bu- at first I was like, oh, he was born way too late. And I was like, you know what? Maybe he was born too early. And in ten years, he would have been the sickest dude. But yeah, super props. Uh, part was great. Weird that it was in. I don't know. It's hard to get behind a Santa Cruz video sometimes. So I try to forget that because Winkowski rips. This guy rips. They have really good skaters, and when you look at them. In that capacity, they're really cool. I mean, insane LOL at your smooth brain comp. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be rude, but like, I feel like that's kind of what happens. I don't know. I've never feebled a 20 stair. So maybe you do have to be like super intellectual and in the moment to do it. But I would imagine it's full, it's full smooth brain and just hope for the best. Yeah. I mean, some of the rail tricks, uh, he, Rob Pace, absolutely like innovated with, yeah, the board side or excuse me, um, crook board slide that was already mentioned. 
backside 50 50 and then drop into a backside smith on a rail like he was legitimately innovating and at the same time i'm trying to nail down where rob pace is is he is that a backpack rapper name or is that like a you know like random tight end on the seattle seahawks football team name like the dude is very unique and i i don't think i don't know he probably had stuff in previous santa cruz videos but i think as maddie has kind of talked about like santa cruz isn't necessarily on all our minds all the time patrick did you have any parting thoughts on rob pay that part was super sick i mean the part was super sick and i think what's frustrating is that you know maybe for some of us who have maybe a prejudice or a certain uh perception of santa cruz is that maybe it might not be on our radar and i think that's kind of a kind of a sad thing but santa cruz has always had some really sick riders like consistently over their entire history but even like uh even in the 90s i had like a very 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 good team i guess the question is like is the is the fact that santa cruz teachers are omnipresent in Southern California. Like you can't walk more than a couple blocks, especially if you're anywhere near a beach. Like I think that might like those t-shirts and those hoodies might be what are keeping the lights on. Never mind board sales. Like soft goods must be keeping the lights on. But I don't know. The, the I get the feeling like a Santa Cruz like has anybody from Santa Cruz ever won Sodi? Number one. And number two, does it even matter? Like they have a lane, they're sticking to it. People are still buying something of theirs. I mean, isn't that all you could ever want in skateboarding? Other than maybe naming your video Fuck'em in the year 2023? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be stoked on naming my video that, but I would be stoked on having licensing rights with The Simpsons, Pokemon, and I uh, used up all the bangers before getting to the third thing. We all love thirds, but we have thirds when uh, we're talking about what we're stoked on this week. Was that a good enough intro? I think so. I think so. <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. Hey, what are you stoked on this week? I'm super stoked that Shag turned pro for there. I unfortunately wasn't able to make it to Unity Fest. It looked like it was super fun. But I saw all the pictures and videos, and he totally deserves it. And that's just so, so, so rad. He's been killing it. And I'm very, very, very stoked that tomorrow my little brother is going to marry his high school sweetheart. And a big congratulations to, to Ben and Lainey. I was actually just at their rehearsal dinner before getting on the call tonight. And it's very weird to see I met them when they were like, well, obviously met Benjamin forever, but met Lainey when she was like 15 because they started dating in high school. And it's it's fun to see them more grown up and starting their life together. And it's really cool. So big congrats to them. Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? Stoked on a lot this week. Uh, obviously, Spitfire Wheels. Um, France beat Scotland 4-1. It was a Oh, brilliant game. And the French under-21s, coached by Thierry Henry, um, they're also cooking. Um, they rocked Cyprus, 9-0. Uh, Chelsea plays Arsenal this weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun. Shout out to Tommy from Jenkum. Uh, Y'all going to get washed. Um, it's now hoodie and shorts weather in Southern California, which is the absolute best. Cool, misty mornings, hot in the middle of the day, throw your hoodie back on. Our homie Kevin Horn, also from the Twin Cities, is about to drop a new video called Perennial. Um, you can order it um, via the Anomaly Magazine website. 
And actually, yeah, it's available for pre-order, and we will provide the link in the show notes. The homie Adam Abada has a part in there, and he skates to a song from the movie Strap. It's called I Don't Give a Fuck by Boss. And finally, just apparently, there's going to be some K-Rod footy dropping in a video called Iggy Sneeze. So I'm looking forward to that, because it's been forever since we've seen anything from Kevin Rodriguez. Mike, what you stoked on this week? Uh, I think I'm just stoked on trying to do tricks that you thought you had that you had in the past and then they're frustrating and then you have to like work through relearning a trick that you thought you had down if that makes any sense basically i was doing backside kick flips over a hip and it's one of my longest held tricks but it was a total pain in the ass to get and then i got one it was very satisfying yeah don't let your tricks um i don't know don't don't do do all your tricks all the time otherwise they do go away from you holy cow i had i had nothing there but that's what i'm stoked on this this week doing a backside kickflip that's it for our show this week be sure to check out mostly skateboarding.net for links and other show notes show notes that templeton elliot always so wonderfully curates until then you can keep up with us online patrick where can the people find you you can find me on Twitter, under the handle at Colonel K Speaks. On Instagram, at Pikagongo. I'm on Threads. I'm on Blue Sky. If you know, you know. And I'm also continuing to do cool stuff with the Harold Hunter Foundation. Maddie, where can the people find you on the internet? They can find me at Front Grimes on Instagram and Twitter when I remember to open the app. Uh, Mike, where can the people find you? You're smart to stay off the Twitters. Uh, my online handle for, you know, if you're going to find me, you're going to find me at M. Munzenreiter. Uh, shoot, we don't have a script for this. That's it. Thanks for tuning in this week. We'll see you next week. See you guys next week. I don't give a fuck. Not a single fuck. Not a single solitary fuck. I don't give a fuck.
I'ma take it back and 